to the True Blue Riffcast, the number one riff tracks podcast in the world. I am Jeremy, and I am joined, as always, by... Hi, I'm Dave. I'm exhausted, but I'm still here. You had a very busy weekend, Dave. I did. You guys, do, you, do you guys want to know about it? Yeah, let's uh, hear about it. Very, very, very briefly, I actually had my first out-of-state booking as a professional wrestler. As you guys know, I live here in Utah, here in the Ogden, Utah area. But the booking that they asked me to go do was in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, So me and uh, uh, three other wrestlers uh, piled into a car, and we drove 14 hours and over 800 miles to Tacoma. And uh, I had two matches. Uh, One was a singles match, and the other was uh, the Battle Royal. Uh, I won the singles match. I mean, one. I mean, it's pro wrestling. I mean, you know, we put the match together. We performed yeah. it. I mean, you, I mean, you guys know all that. And the battle yeah. royal, I was eliminated. But hey, it's all in good fun. And uh, came back, and I've been back for about four hours. But dude, I'm so exhausted <laughs> because. It was. I can only imagine. Yeah, it was three days, two matches, and. 1600 miles i mean i can't complain <laughs> it's it what was... i signed up for but still yeah you said it was 14 hours yeah 14 hours for two matches Ooh. um is that just just there or there and that's back? no that's just there so that's 28 hours in the yeah car. man it's Ooh. pretty brutal <clears throat> and and you still showed up for the podcast. I did, and I even, I even, when I got back, I made a point to watch the latest Rift Tracks release, Martial Law. And we will talk about that in a little bit. Also today, we have a very special episode for you. It's our Thanksgiving episode. Double, double. We've got eight, yes, eight riffs to talk about where we set up a Thanksgiving watch list, a, uh, a Thanksgiving marathon, if you will. And uh, we're going to be talking about that later. The perfect set of riffs to get you through your Thanksgiving. What with, all the, what with all your loved ones that you hate being around and all that great yeah. food and everything. <laughs> yeah. But first, we need to talk about the Oh, yes, we do. I know that's not exactly exactly Rift Tracks related, even though it is related to Star Wars, which is very Rift Tracks related. I don't care. We're this is our podcast. We, talk we are about talking Lord. about the Mandalorian. Look, guys, guys, look. We're talking about the Mandalorian, probably for the foreseeable future. Yeah, at least for the next five episodes, because that's how many more. That's episodes how many. Out, that, oh, I thought there was only going to be ten. I think it's well, eight. Think it's eight. Oh. It might be 10. I hope I it's know. 10. I don't know. It might be 10. But yeah. whatever. They, we, we, we have plenty more to talk about, I'm sure. But this week's newest episode, the third episode in The Mandalorian, is called The Sin. Ooh. And holy cow, guys. Yeah. Like, we really see The Mandalorian being the badass he's supposed to yeah. be. Like, we kind of got glimpses of it in the first couple episodes, but we really see it in this episode. Mm-hmm. Now, I now I think that... Okay, guys, spoiler alert. 
Baby Yoda, yep. etc. Three, two, one. If you're still listening, it's on you. Yes. Take at least yeah. 10 minutes. So I think that, I mean, we all kind of knew that, I mean, it's, it's kind of predictable a little bit that uh, the Mandalorian, not Boba Fett or whatever, Pedro Pascal's character, uh, he was going to give, it was predictable that he was going to give Baby Yoda to the remnants of the Empire and then go back and, and, and retrieve him. I mean... I think yep. we could kind of all see that coming a little bit. Yeah. But I think like in like like the way it happened uh it really kind of surprised me because you know you see him go and of course he surrenders it gets his bounty and it gets his like Mandalorian steel or whatever that is. The Beskar steel a full set of armor. Mm-hmm. For Mandalorian, he has now. He's all shiny and new, and it looks. Yeah, he does cool. look pretty badass. He's like, "Ah, oh, look at me! I'm all, I'm all plated in silver and stuff." <laughs> I'm all. That's right. Out. He goes and gives Baby Yoda, and Baby Yoda's like, "Oh no, why they're gonna hurt me, Blair?" Right? And you're like, <laughs> "Oh no!" And um, what's Werner Herzog going to do to Baby Yoda? Uh, maybe make a boy documentary about it. <laughs> <laughs> he goes back to the Boba Fett fan club hideout, and uh, he goes to talk to Lady Boba Fett. This is the way, and everyone's kind of being super pissy with him. Well, they're jealous. Yeah. And, um, you know, being like, hey, you were with the Empire. The Empire's the reason we all got to be Boba Fett cosplayers and be underground and stuff. Right, so at a dude, one of his other fellow Boba Fett's pulls a knife on him, and they try to kill each other. Yeah, yeah. This dude's pretty like buff too. Like he looks like a like a big muscular dude yeah. underneath. Like he's he's the tanker. He's the heavy. They don't like him. That's kind of obvious. Be like, yeah. No. And then they get into a knife fight. And Lady Boba Fett stands up and says, hey, stop, this is not the way, this is the way, blah, 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 even though they've already kind of tried to murder each other. Yeah, and they stand down. This and, is uh... the way. They say this is the way, and that calms everything down. <laughs> he gets his uh, whispering birds or whatever, the, whatever those things are called that he's going to use yeah. later on in the episode. It's a total, it's a total Chekhov's gun yeah. moment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so he goes up and he goes talk to talks to Apollo Creed, and all the bounty hunters hate everybody hates him in this episode. Like all the other bounty hunters are like, eh, he went and he found Baby Yoda. We wanted to find Baby Yoda, but he found him first, right? <laughs> so they do that, and Carl Weathers is like, oh yeah, I gave everybody a key fob to go find <laughs> uh, this, you know, to go find, you know cutesy wootsy baby yoda that we didn't make any merch for <laughs> yet it so is, it'd be like coming. yeah so he throws be like hey uh i want another bounty here go find this not akbar thing right so he gets <laughs> that like, it looks like akbar yeah so it's um i mean Look, the fan service in this is I I've just decided to just embrace it. You know, I'll be like every every five seconds we're gonna get some kind of fan service thing, which is awesome. You know, I'm I've decided not to like be like, Oh, I wish they would do original stuff. Like, eh, I didn't come here for 
that. I came here for, yeah, Star Wars, you know? Yeah. And the more cool stuff they can throw at me that I recognize and that I'll pop for, the better. He goes yep. and, uh, oh, I forgot to mention, at the beginning of the episode, uh, Baby Yoda uh, unscrewed a little dealy, and then he's like, oh, that's not a toy, like in the ship, right? So he goes back to the ship. Yeah, he was like trying to chew yeah. on his ball. And he found a little part. Of, like, that's what made him decide to go back and get him. Like, oh, he, uh, uh, you know, got the little ball on top of this lever that I was going to use to lead the planet. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go break the bounty hunter code or whatever. And oh, he man. goes back, goes. He goes in and he just yeah, wrecks man. the place. Like, he busts through a wall, and he's just taking out all of these stormtroopers. I mean, obviously, they're stormtroopers, but he is... It's brutal, man. He, like, he burns one alive. He uh, electrocutes another one with his uh, his sniper rifle. And then he used Chekhov's people. birds. He, uh, yes, and he killed, like, four of them that had him surrounded. Oh, like and um, or whatever. creepy uh, shaded sunglasses uh, mad scientist guy turns out to be a good guy. Yeah, I did everything I could to keep him safe. They would have killed him yeah, right now. I'll, uh, I'm not going to do a welcome back from the edits comment. I don't want to create more work for you on this one. So I won't, <laughs> I won't say what that guy kind of – what I thought that guy was going to be at the beginning, but they kind of – you know, I think everyone kind of knows where that one was going, but it's like, oh, well, I guess he really liked Baby Yoda in a wholesome way. He's like, okay, so he finds Baby Yoda underneath the, uh, you know, in the Baby Yoda machine, picks him up, goes and just like wipes everybody out. And then, you know, you see all the bounty hunters get their bounty hunter fobs and they all uh get their red lights on there and somehow that means go get boba fett you know well i think um, that was those were still the trackers for the baby yoda and once it started oh, moving away oh. from where it was supposed to be they all activated again oh that makes that that actually makes a lot of sense i hadn't thought of that good job good good pointing that out there there jeremy number one rift tracks fans you didn't hear me say that or admit that yeah. anyway um so he goes to because he parked just outside the city gates and uh, he's walking out there and all the other bounty hunters, one who looks like Darth Maul uh, and, you know, the others and Apollo Creed are uh, are out there and they're like, hey, give us the kid. And he's like, no, OK, it's time for a showdown then. <laughs> so this dude is pinned down. And uh, they kill a R2-D8 or whatever. And it looks like he's done for. And then all the other Boba Fetts that we talked about before come up out of nowhere. They all jetpack Yeah, they in. all – like I guess he's the only one that doesn't have a jetpack, right? Yeah. And they all like him now, and they'll be like, oh, <laughs> like what are you doing? Be like, you're going to have to relocate the Boba Fett fan club hideout. <laughs> And they're like, that's okay, because this is the way. This is the way. I guess we don't hate each other now. Um, but uh... yeah, The one dude comes in with basically a Gatling gun. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Oh, they're, just, yeah. they're just slaughtering everybody. And uh, he, 
he gets off into his ship, and of course, uh, Carl Weathers is there, and he distracts him and he shoots him right where he had a couple things of Beskar steel in his pocket, which he showed to the Mandalorian earlier in the episode. And I kind of think that he shot him there on purpose. Knowing that, yeah. Because he didn't want to kill him, um, but he needed him off of his ship. Yeah. Well, they also also didn't hire Carl Weathers to play a freaking smoking cinder for, you know, seven more episodes. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Uh, The man's 71. They're not going to pull him out of whatever the hell it was he wasn't doing to do that, you know? He gets he gets back in the cockpit of his ship, and uh, he starts taking off. And he he gives Baby Yoda the little the little ball, thing yeah, the shifter. And Ow. the the big uh, heavy gunner guy flies up alongside the. It cockpit gives him a salute like it, like he's a top up. gun. Yeah, yeah. And then the Mandalorian says, "I have to get me one of those." And then the Top Gun things like do 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 do, and he flies off into space. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, where is he going? Doesn't matter right now. So nope, dude. How awesome was that? It was so good. It was so good. Like I when when all of the other Mandalorians jetpacked in to help him, I didn't see that I coming. Because it's like I thought that yeah, I was like what? Because no, I thought they hated him. Guess not. Yeah. <laughs> nope. So guys, it, it if you if you like Star Wars and you haven't watched this yet, what the hell is wrong What's with you? What's wrong with you? It is six dollars. It. it is six dollars. <laughs> you get to watch it in your house. You get it free for a week. You can at least yeah. watch the first four episodes. Oh, also, and it's not solo. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not solo or Rogue It's one. like you get to watch this awesomeness and you don't have to watch Daenerys Targaryen play a really stupid character, okay? <laughs> you don't have yeah. to do that. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Let's take a look real quick at our weekend box office. Uh surprise, surprise, surprise. The number one movie in the nation is Frozen 2. $127 million on its opening weekend. The number two movie, Ford versus Ferrari, uh, followed by uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the movie with uh, Tom Hanks playing Mr. Oh, Rogers. remind me to say something uh, about that after you get done listing off whatever it is. The new Chadwick Boseman and uh, Russo Brothers movie, 21 Bridges, and fifth place, Midway from Lionsgate. Did you know that right before A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood opened, Tom Hanks found out that he is related to Mr. Rogers? Dude, I was going to say that. I just <laughs> I saw that the other day. That's what I said when I interrupted crazy? you before. Yeah, that's nuts. And, like, the reporter's like, did you know that? And Tom Hanks is like, no, F you, that can't be true. And then the reporter's <laughs> like, no, F you back, Tom Tom Hanks, not Tom Cruise. What am Tom I thinking? Cruise, yeah. <laughs> what am I thinking? I don't know. <laughs> because we were doing Top Gun earlier, that's why. But, uh, there you go. yeah, that's nuts. That's awesome, really. It's I need to go yeah, see that really cool. movie. I I definitely want to see it. Uh, you know, watching the trailers um, at first, when the trailer starts, it's like, okay, that's Tom Hanks. 
But then there's a point in the trailer where my brain clicked over and it's just like, that's Mr. Rogers. Yeah, it's not like, like not it's sure not like Tom Hanks playing there, Walt but... Disney where you never really buy it. You know? <laughs> right. But there there was just a point in the trailer where it clicked in my head. Cause I thought it was gonna be really weird because it's Tom freaking Hanks, you know? But it just kind of clicked, and day. I really want to see the movie. It looks really, it looks. Really How good brilliant is that, though, it. to make a movie about Mister Rogers? Well, and it's the second uh, recent big film about Mister Rogers because we had uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor," the documentary that came out last oh. year, which was excellent. I haven't seen that yet. I probably should. It's really good. Um, <laughs> but enough about Mister Rogers. We love Mister Rogers. Uh, Woo! Ah, uh, yes, we do. I, I actually have a couple of his books with all of his quotes and everything in it. And uh, yeah, he's a huge, a huge reason uh, why I turned out like I am. Uh, normally, Don't blame uh, Mr. Rogers for that. No, no, no. Normally, oh, okay. in my normal everyday day, day-to-day life. Uh, but we are going to do things a little bit different today. We are not going to be heading right into a short reviews Rift Track shorts right now. But we are going to head right into a short reviews of martial law dave take it away okay look i watched this thing okay and i haven't really prepared what i'm gonna say about it but i watched it and i was like i could probably cover this whole thing in three sentences or less i don't know what i'm gonna say about it but i bet i could cover it all right so number one disclaimer we all love pancakes or waffles or whatever it is the riff is great (laughs) <laughs> there's lots of really fun continuity stuff. There's like lots of callbacks. There's a callback to uh, Asahi guy early on. There's oh. one at the end. There's uh, the guy. Um, there's somebody in the credits named Sean Thompson. And Mike Nelson says at the end, he says, uh. be like, man, I sure I'm glad I never have to deal with Sean Thompson or anybody who has a similar name ever again. <laughs> And I was like, what? Because <laughs> really only people like you and me are going to appreciate that. And I want to yeah. know who wrote that. It was probably <laughs> it was probably Sean, I believe. It was it. probably Sean, yeah. But anyway, we love you, Sean. But uh, okay, so three sentences or less. Cynthia Rothrock is a girlfriend of a cop who is played by the, I believe, the son of um, Steve McQueen. David Carradine is the bad guy, and he's a scumbag. That's two sentences, right? And lots of kicking martial arts B-movie (laughs) bullcrap. That is martial law, okay? By the riff, it's super funny. But as far as this, like the plot goes, it's standard martial arts, karate, B movie bullcrap. <laughs> I mean, if you've seen freaking uh, Future Force, if you've seen Honor and Glory, if you've seen, well, maybe not No Retreat, No Surrender. That's completely different. There's no freaking Ghost of Bruce Lee in this thing. <laughs> but if you've seen any of those, like martial arts movies from the late 80s early 90s that has david carradine cynthia or cynthia rothrock in it then you've seen martial law 
get the riff, but martial law, the movie itself, is not special. It's just not, except for the fact that it's a Meg release. I was very yeah. surprised and happy to see that. Another Meg movie. We love Which you, I'm Meg. Yes, Multicom Entertainment Group. Keep them coming, yeah. guys. Keep them yep. coming. Keep, keep them coming. It's a garbage movie, but it's a fun riff. Go ahead and pick it up. Hey, What's Dave. What's up? Do you know what's coming very Thanksgiving? soon? Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. It's almost <laughs> here. I asked that like it was a question. Like, <laughs> like is he trying to fool me? Like, what's happening no. here? No, no. Thanksgiving, Turkey Day, it's almost here. And after watching the parade and gorging yourself on turkey with all the fixins, you usually have three options. Football, napping, or riffing. And today, we are going to go over our Thanksgiving Day watch list. Now, we have a, a wide selection of uh, movies and shorts to go through here. And we're just going to go through them in our suggested order of watching. So we're going to kick things off with an ACI short right out of the gate going crazy with One Turkey, Two Turkey. One Turkey, Two Turkey is an insane look at uh, how to count to ten. Wait, there's more than one way? <laughs> how about an insane way of teaching how to talk, count from one to ten? Ah. This one is a music-based short uh, where they're singing this song about turkeys and uh, counting one to ten. I've written about this one a few times before. I absolutely love it. It's it's one of my all-time favorite shorts. And it's got some very interesting looks at a turkey pen. One of the jokes in this is from Kevin, and it says, You know you made a good educational short when the same footage with different narration could be used um, as like an anti-animal abuse film. <laughs> I just watched this one again because... You know, I love it, and I've seen it a few times, and it, it's so hard to accurately describe what happens in it, like how they, they go about doing it. But you do learn one very important thing from this short, and that's turkeys hate kazoos. <laughs> Wait, what? Turkeys hate kazoos. Every time the, the in the song there's somebody playing a kazoo, the turkeys are all running crazy, so it's like that the kazoo was driving them to madness. Oh, yeah, that makes so, sense, I suppose. Turkeys, turkeys hate kazoos. And, of course, there's the great part where they're stacking them all in cages where they can't even stand up and are surely pooping on each other <laughs> to illustrate one. That is gross. It's very gross. <laughs> it's very gross, but not as gross as some of the things in our second movie Fun in Balloon Land. Oh, jeez. Yeah, this is my favorite. <laughs> Look, okay. I know all you weirdos out there who love Fun in Balloon Land. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> well, it starts, it's it's based off of, uh, what, the Philadelphia or, or the Pittsburgh. One of the two, their yearly. Lehigh Valley. Their, yeah. their yearly Thanksgiving parade. Uh, but that's only a part of it. The, the film very loosely used where it starts off with this person reading a bedtime story to a kid 
in a big open soundstage. He then gets up and walks over and puts his face into the corner, which is like a sign that says fairy tale land or something. And then yeah. he imagines going through this warehouse that is full of all of these balloons just being stationary and sitting there. Uh, but they have somebody on the other side of the warehouse yelling out lines as if the balloons are speaking to this boy. There's one part that's pretty disturbing where he's in like gold lame shorts and that's it. Walking around <laughs> supposed to be under the sea. Like he's, in, like he's in the apple. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like he's in the apple. It's very disturbing. The king of the sea is taking him to meet all of these animals, like a big giant octopus balloon and these mermaids who are like creepily flirting with the boy and and uh, all this weird stuff. Uh, and then he uh, dreams that he's watching the parade, I guess. Because after why they... would he need to dream this? Why would he need to dream this? <laughs> I he don't doesn't know. have to dream this because he could just go watch it in real life. Right. But he's M- like most of this movie, most of this quote unquote movie is literal parade footage yes. of a real thing that happened. And it's got uh, the highest and drunkest narrator ever. Like this woman is she's got to be on like 20 different things. Because she's so manic about this parade. And there was a theory. There was a theory that the narrator from Fun and Balloon Land was also the same narrator from Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but she was way more stable in Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, at least, than Fun and Balloon Land. Yeah. There's a part at the end where they're going back through all of the, the floats and everything. And she starts this game where you're supposed to say, yay, yay, if you've seen something that you've seen before. And then she starts, like, moving the goalposts, and it's always different. And Uh... none of it makes sense. And, yeah. Then he wakes up. Every time I see somebody say yay, yay in true blue, I just want to punch something. Because it's like, no, stop. Don't encourage this. It's an hour long. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, it's not that long. I don't understand why it was made. Like, it must have been some sort of a fundraiser thing, maybe, for the... uh... Oh, like awareness for, like, the Lehigh Valley Thanksgiving Parade? (laughs) Yeah, something like that. It's got to be something weird. It's just, I don't get it. Like, like, that whole movie, it's like, for me, it's like, I wanted to pick up the phone and say... Hello, yes. Child Protective Services in 1965, please. Yes, I'll hold. <laughs> you know, uh, It was apparently made by Giant Balloon Parades, Inc. Balloonland USA. <laughs> yes. yes. We're having fun in Balloonland. Yeah. But the, here's the thing. Riff Tracks made a big deal, a huge deal about this riff. And I got it, and I didn't get it. But everybody else did. Everybody else did. It's one of my all-time favorite riffs. Like, and and we do watch it uh, every year on Thanksgiving. It was originally released uh, October 29th in 2014, and pretty much every year since then, at least my son and I have watched it on Thanksgiving. Whenever I just sit there, I'm just sit there watching confused. I just I'm just confused watching it. Like, why is this a thing? Yeah, it's definitely very confusing, but... Like, I can't get over that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's you know it's actually worse uh, production wise than pretty much everything except for maybe feeders and I don't know Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. They they might be tied Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny in this one because at least Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny had you know microphones <laughs> on everybody and Thumbelina. The, yeah, Thumbelina. Yeah, it had a movie within a movie. Well, there was two different two different ones that, but we'll talk about that later. A little bit yes. closer to Christmas because we've got that one probably yes, coming up, I would imagine. Yes, I imagine we would. Yeah. The next film, or short, rather, uh, in our Thanksgiving playlist is Let's Talk Turkey, a riff track presents with uh, Bridget Nelson and Mary Jo Peel. Yes, it's the ladies. Woo! This one was made by um, Armor Meats, <laughs> and it's about... It's about how you can now have turkey any time of the year, not just for Thanksgiving or Christmas. They are now available year-round in the frozen meat section. Wait, whoa, whoa, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. This was an announcement? Was was there a time when turkey was only available at Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to, like, place your order for your turkey, like, a week or two before Thanksgiving to get it. Hmm. But this was this was uh, one of those propaganda films where, you know, they're talking about, oh, hey, we got turkey available now. And look at all the different ways you can make it throughout the year. Like in March, for whatever reason, just have a turkey dinner. Or you can make a turkey casserole. Or you could... In June, make a turkey almond salad for a wedding buffet. Mm. <laughs> or you could cook turkey in the 92-degree weather in August and then serve and eat the turkey cold to cool you off after the heat exhaustion. Wait, what? That's actually something they say. You're heat exhausted from the day's activity, so eat a nice cold turkey. Along with some corn and some tomato slices. I never thought my eyes could roll so far into the back of my head as they are right now. Uh, and did you know that cold turkey is also good for dad to eat in the middle of the night? What, is dad high? They actually show a middle-aged man sneaking over to the fridge, and he opens it up, and he's just ripping pieces of meat off of the turkey. And then his son comes out, so he pulls the turkey out of the fridge and grabs a knife, and they just start... Thanksgiving in the middle of the night. In October, you can have turkey pinwheels with your favorite mushroom sauce. Mm. Uh, Everything in here that they like the casserole and I think the turkey almond salad had it. The turkey pinwheels definitely had it, but they really seem to like pairing uh, celery and green pepper with the turkey. Why do you think that is? Uh, Because it was the time that this was made and everything was bland and it had that kind of stuff in it. Um, yes, the whole world was in black and white, etc. Yes, everything. Uh, you can have your turkeys on Thanksgiving or Christmas uh, as well. One of the other things that I liked about this short was they showed two different uh, ways that you can purchase the turkeys. You can have the fully dressed uh, flash frozen ones where you just open them up and, you know, put a little uh, salt on the inside and stick it in the in the oven. Ew. And then they showed getting it New York dressed, as they called it. And it was basically a whole turkey that was plucked. It still had all the viscera inside it, as they said. And uh, that is disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> they they uh, they showed what it looked like after it was prepared. Like they don't tell you how to do it, but they just show this tray and there's like the feet and the head and then all the guts. 
Awesome. Just sitting on this train next to the turkey. Is that almost as disgusting as when they showed a pig, a wild pig giving birth to other wild pigs? No, nothing will top that, Dave. Like that? Okay. (laughs) We'll see. At least not yet. Up next, we kind of want to go with something that sort of fits the theme. And it is definitely a turkey of a film. But we're going with Birdemic up next. Whoa, 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 whoa. The, the, I'm not familiar with the film Birdemic per se. <laughs> I am familiar with a I am familiar with a movie called Birdemic Shock and Terror. Yes, Birdemic Shock and Terror is the full title. By the by the visionary James <laughs> Wen, director of Julian Jack and Replica and uh recent short films that have been nominated for academy awards not nominated but submitted, submitted for 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 academy award consideration and okay director show of some the, respect the director of show the, some respect jeremy director of the forthcoming film earth 2075 which we still don't have our poster and synopsis for yes where's our poster where's our poster james come on Gosh, he's too busy tweeting out about how Rod's uh, Ford Mustang hybrid car is now a reality. Wait, what? Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, hold on. (laughs) I want to see this. I'm going to go to movie head, movie head pick or whatever it is. That's a weird crossover. Oh, my gosh. You're right. He did. James Wen, November 17th, Birdemic's Rod Ford Mustang hybrid car is now a reality. In 2008, Birdemic, Rod, I love my Mustang, which is, he, (laughs) oh no, he misspells it. Oh no. (laughs) James. James, you idiot. Okay, you have to speak it how it's spelled now. No, I can't. I love my Mustang, which is a plug-in hyped, which gets a hundred MPG. <sighs> is he trying? No, he's not smart enough to do that. He's not smart <laughs> enough to parody himself. <laughs> oh my God! In November seventeenth, twenty nineteen, Ford had just announced a Mustang Mach E, and James, that is not a. <laughs> That is not Rod's Mustang. That is red. That is not blue, you ass. God, I hate this man. Oh. Oh. Yeah, he's he's a fun person. Oh. Okay, so Birdemic Shock and Shock and uh, Awe, or Shock and Terror, whatever the heck it's called. It's a terrible, terrible movie. I'm sure if you haven't seen it, you've at least heard of it by reputation. Yeah, if you're listening to this um, podcast, you don't know what pandemic shock and terror is. I mean, come on. But still. Turn in your Rift Tracks fan card. But we have not talked about it on the podcast yet. So, let's do a quick rundown. Okay, Birdemic Shock and Terror is a movie about Rod, who's a salesman, and he drives a lot and walks poorly and doesn't know how to talk very well. And he likes taking days to good Vietnamese restaurants. He, he just closes, uh, uh, what is it? Million dollar sale. Two million. 
something like that. Two well, two million dollar sale, but he gives him a fifty percent discount. Because come on, man. <gasps> he costs his company a mi- he costs his company a million dollars. <laughs> and they celebrate him for it. Yes. He runs up to an old classmate, and I wasn't sure. I'm not still not sure if she was actually an old classmate or if he was just pulling this out of his ass so he could date her. Because uh. um, he's like, wait, where did you sit? Oh, yeah, I sat three seats behind you in this class. Well, she went along with it. Yeah. And, oh, I think I think he was because later on she talked, did you know that we went to the same high school together? To her mom. Ah, okay. Um, but Natalie, this girl he meets, was just chosen as uh, the Victoria's Secret cover model. Oh, it's so nonchalantly. And you hear all this stuff going on in the background, like news reports of, uh, of all these animals washing up ashore, and the polar bears dying because they can't eat their food, such as seals. Oh, and celebrity race car drivers and... Yeah, and uh, Getty Images watermarks that are left on the screen, and uh, Rob, uh, or Rod, or whatever the hell this guy's name is. I don't care enough about him to to remember his name. Uh, He is developing some new uh, Soul Pals pals. uh, that are smaller and cheaper, but they are more efficient. Like, they go by a gas station, and it's like... $12 $12 a gallon or something ridiculous on the sign. Yeah, so yeah, this movie was clearly shot in 2008 at the height of the um, gas price crisis. Yeah, when everybody thought that prices were actually going to get up that high. Yeah. They they take a, a trip to the uh, the Pumpkin and Art Festival. Yeah. They, they go out to dinner and... Uh, For some reason, I don't know why they went to that pumpkin festival. Like, it didn't have anything to do with anything. Well, I think it was more to set the timeline, because they do talk about how it's, like, it's October or whatever, and it's super hot still, and it should be a little colder, but we're sweating balls out here, and... Wait, that makes no sense. I just realized something about this movie. Because at the beginning of the movie, when he's playing basketball with Horny Friend, he says, be like, a heat wave in winter, yeah. but it's October. Screw you, James Wen. <laughs> he can't even get that right. It's like, yeah, like, 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 what are your concept of seasons? Get it right. How old are you? He continues his date with Natalie. Um, they go to a dinner uh, and they dance with the guy singing about hanging out with his family and having a party. Probably the best part of the movie. The great Damien whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they go to a hotel to sleep together. And this causes the apocalypse. Yeah, it causes the apocalypse. And they're still wearing and they're still like still wearing the clothes that they were making out in. So I guess <laughs> that they boned in like her underwear and his, you know. You know, douchebag tank top and shorts, <laughs> etc. When they wake up, the the whole town is under attack by these birds that are like uh, diving into the <laughs> ground and exploding. <laughs> They're exploding. Yep. Now, it actually says in in the uh, official description for this movie that the birds can spit acid and they explode into flames upon striking the ground because they have become mutated and toxic due to global warming. But we never find... Oh, no, wait, we do find that out because 
Dr. Jones sort of explains it. We know they're toxic, but I don't think it's I don't think it's explained that that's why they explode. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like we just kind of like need to do extra reading, kind of like the Star Wars Expanded Universe. <laughs> Which we're not going to talk about at all on this podcast. Yeah, that's true. But they, uh, they go and, you know, they're trying to make their way off and, you know, to someplace safe. They end up at a beach on the way there. They're there with uh, two people that they met at the hotel, Becky and Ramsey. Oh, I love Ramsey, dude. Ramsey's my favorite. He just happens to have, um, you know, some... Uh, I'm tired of all the killing in Iraq. Yeah, he's just got all these uh, weapons in his van. And Becky has the best death in this whole movie. Whoa, spoiler alert, yo. <laughs> She's squatting in a field, as uh, as Ramsey explains it. She's taking a shit. <laughs> and... It shows a bird like dive bomb by and like slice her throat or something as it goes by. And like, like, and like, just like, yeah, gets her right in the <laughs> face. And then, and then you see Whitney Moore like running back, like, she's dead. I didn't do anything. She's dead. <laughs> huh. They get onto the beach and they're attacked by the birds. And then doves show up and all the birds leave in peace. The end. Yep. But there's a lot more to it. Not really, but kinda. Uh, if you've never seen the riff, I'm sure it's on everything, you know, Tubi and probably still up on Amazon Prime and Yeah, guys, no, guys, buy the riff. Buy the riff. I'm not gonna say why I want riff tracks to make money from this, other than the fact that they're riff tracks, but <laughs> yeah, I don't wanna get into it. <laughs> Just watch it with the riff tracks. Don't watch it. Don't watch it bare. Just don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. That is, you know, a very quick summation of what happens. Like Dave said, there's a lot more to it. And we'll probably go over it more in depth sometime in the future. Yeah. Um, but for right now, just go check it out. Yeah. Our next uh, video in the Thanksgiving watch list is the short Dining Together. Uh, Dining Together was released November 25th, 2015, and it is actually a sequel to another Riff Track short that was released all the way back in 2009 called Playing Together. <laughs> uh, dining Together is everybody getting together for a Thanksgiving meal with a bunch of guests and it's basically how to act around other people. <laughs> Don't be a little dick to your family's guests at Thanksgiving. It's basically what this short is about. Why do we need a short for this? <laughs> Welcome back from the edit, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, this uh, dining together, it's a fun. Well, I say fun. It's it's uh, the riff is fun. The short is not. It's uh, as... As they say, it's full of the soul-crushing grayness of the 50s. Grayness. <laughs> that sounds like a bad word. Grayness. Uh, it, it does, but it isn't. Now, before we go on to our next selection, might I say, might I add, we talked about this two or three weeks ago. Go ahead and watch The Visitor 2. <laughs> I think that would be a great... I think that would be a great thing to go ahead and just, like, slide it. Yeah, yeah, you could... You anyway. could... 
you could slide that into here. You've got plenty of time in the day. It's a long day. Instead of trying to get a deal on a PlayStation 4 from GameStop, who opens at 3 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day, you can stay home and watch something fun, like the wonderful land of Oz. That is right. Instead of going and trampling somebody to death, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and watch the wonderful land of Oz, which is a favorite of both mine and Jeremy's. Yes. Released in, I believe, February of 2017, the wonderful land of Oz is a sort of... Now, here's the thing about the Wizard of Oz, guys, that you may not realize is that the book series itself by F. Frank Baum, or, you know, however you say his name, is in the public domain. <laughs> it's the, the series itself, the book series itself, the source material, is not owned by MGM. Yeah. So, like, what everybody is most familiar with, which is the 1939 Judy Garland movie. Which is a Thanksgiving Day tradition. I think, I think this one is a little bit of a better pick. Yeah, um, this this movie is based on the immediate sequel within the which within the Oz chronology. Uh, this is not the Feruza Balk movie. Yeah, that's on Disney Plus, even though some elements of it are based on that. But this was actually directed by the guy who did Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Yeah. And uh, this 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 guy, we find out in this movie, is a bit of a pervert. <laughs> well, he made a lot of porn. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. I don't know what oh, it is no. about people making crappy movies and making porn movies. Uh, but uh, not yeah. crappy movies for children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much fun. We like to have fun here. <laughs> <laughs> the Wonderful Land of Oz um, brings us the lovable characters uh, such as the Scarecrow and the Tin Man that we all know. And uh, that wonderful um, mainstay of a character, the Woggle Bug. The Woggle Bug. Love that guy. God, that guy is, is the thing of nightmares. Like, or Are you speaking of the Woggle Bug or the Pumpkinhead guy? Yes. Or... The little boy that turns out to be a princess. We're not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> uh, yeah, the little boy that we follow around through the whole movie is actually a, a, a girl. A little girl, uh, yes. That's not problematic. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even know the whole time that he was actually a girl. Um, we have the uh, the purple cow. Uh, that's also pretty terrifying. Also, a witch, Mombi, who is not the Wicked Witch or any of the other witches in relation to the Wicked Witch. Yep. It's just Mombi. And, and we have the uh, the soldiers that stage a coup and take over Oz. Oh, yeah, that's right. The marching band queen and her <laughs> uh, loyal band of uh, of like super cute matching outfit army. The best part, guys, we are not making any of this up. Nope. This is actually in this movie. General Ginger and uh oh geez. I just I just remembered the um what happened to the Emerald City? <laughs> oh my god. Like you look at the Emerald City because this movie obviously is supposed to be a cheap sequel to, you know, 
it wasn't trying to like it obviously was trying to capitalize on the success of the 1939 movie uh the wizard of oz which is the only movie to have more cultural impact than star wars i know i will i will go to my grave saying that i lost my train of thought yeah <laughs> uh who's scarecrow scarecrow's in charge of the emerald city at this point yeah no and oh yeah and he's a terrible king <laughs> The place has fallen to ruins, man. Yeah, it looks like crap. Like the sky is brown. <laughs> like, 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 like you guys all saw the Emerald City and the Wizard of Oz. That place is yeah. awesome. It went to shit. <laughs> Complete and utter. Go ahead and and beat me up. Yeah, go ahead and censor me on that. But there's no other way to say it. The Scarecrow was a terrible, terrible king. Yep. Right. And he should have been deposed. And I bet the freaking marching band queen was a way better leader than he was. Yeah, probably. But at least until yeah. the princess but, appeared and then. Yes, yes. Spoilers. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, yes, yeah, spoilers. That is the wonderful that's land of Oz in a nutshell. The wonderful land of Oz. <laughs> God. Our next entry on the list is A Day of Thanksgiving, a wonderful short. Uh, that was also released on November 25th of 2015, the same day as uh, Dining Together. They did kind of a, a double release there. And uh, this one is, again, it's another 1950s uh, black and white short. It was This one was made by Young America Films. The main difference between Dining Together and this one is that the dad is basically QAnon. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. QAnon is this dumb conspiracy group uh, that goes around on Twitter spouting off all this insane stuff. But they kind of started the whole deep state thing that's going around right now. And that's what basically what this guy is talking about. Uh... He's talking about the deep state police who are going to uh, come to your house and... They're political gangsters that just will come to your house and drag people off to jail. So, you know, these are what you're you're trying to uh, be made thankful for. Uh, family, shelter, security from political gangsters, um, not any communists coming and, and ruining your Thanksgiving. Uh, it's it's a very uh, woo cuckoo short. It's uh, <laughs> it's something else. But we're going to just move on now to the final entry. The end of Thanksgiving is here, and that means that it's time to dive headfirst into Christmas. For those of you who haven't already for the past month, what better way to do that than with a classic Christmas film? Tough crap. You're getting Santa Claus. Which also happens to be the winner of our listener poll. Yeah, yeah, this was the winner of our, our patron poll this week. And don't forget, we have a Patreon. You can patreon.com slash trueblueriffcast to go over there and throw us a couple dollars a month and support us. And you can do things like voting on our patron poll and listening to our exclusive outtakes that are only for patrons. We love you, Margo and Jason and whoever the other guy is. <laughs> we can never remember to check before we actually record. Yeah. Um, but we love you. <laughs> yes, all of you, all three of you for backing us. It's three more people than I expected, so <laughs> that's awesome. Uh so our, our main our main event here is Santa Claus, not the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, which is an excellent movie. But this is Santa Claus 
the 1959 Mexican-made film uh, that was purchased by K. Gordon Murray, who then did the uh, narration and the dubbing for it and made it into what it is today. Now, this movie was first introduced in the realm of riffing uh, in the... 1993 episode of Mystery Science Theater that actually aired on December 24th, which I didn't realize that. <laughs> uh, but that was that was our first glimpse into the madness that is Santa Claus. And then a few years ago, uh, a little bit more than a few years ago, I think it was 2014 when we got this. Yeah, five years ago. This uh, was one of the live shows from Rift Tracks. And in this version, we actually got the entire movie, uh, not edited for time or anything like that. And we got with it this wonderful, horrific scene of uh, Lupita dreaming about this doll that she wants to take. Oh, God. And it's these horrific, full-grown people dancing around her in this mist-filled void of time and space. And it is terrifying. (laughs) Like, I can see why they cut that part out for the original Mystery Science Theater thing. I don't know, like, how, why they thought throwing a extremely sad child at us <laughs> for an hour and yes, a half. Yes, this is poor little Lupita. Why they, oh my god, it's terrible. And I, when I say poor little girl, I mean actually poor little girl. She she lives uh, with her parents and they're very poor they don't have any money and they're not sure how No, they don't have anything. She's going to get it's, anything it's for awful. Christmas. Um, of course, the most important thing uh for Christmas is to remember that it's Craig's birthday. <laughs> this also gives us Pitch the Demon. Right. Who is sent to Earth to try and uh ruin Christmas by making all the little kids do terrible things so Santa won't give them presents. And then also trying to trip up Santa by doing things like moving chimneys and uh, putting uh, hot hot curler things on the doors like in uh, Home Alone and just generally trying to make Santa's night miserable, uh, which he does kind of uh, succeed in doing. He traps him in a tree with a dog or something. But This literal servant of Satan. Santa lives um high above the North Pole in uh his with Merlin using the fifth dimension. Yes, in his magic castle, uh with his robotic deer and his giant uh, mouth that talks to him. Uh... And uh he's got like this room full of children from every culture and they're the ones making the toys. He basically Not has the them elves yeah. enslaved. And uh, it goes through showing all the kids from different cultures, and they all sing little songs from you know diff- their different parts of the world. Yeah. And uh, you get the Americans, and they've got they're you know cowboys. They're and, cowboys. And, and and garbage, yeah. You know, it was the it was the early '60s when this came out in the U.S., so that was the big thing. Yeah. You know? Because we were all cowboys then. That's right. Now we would be remiss to not mention the the connection to. I would say an arguably more iconic riff tracks riff within the within the catalog. The undeniable classic known as Santa's Village of Madness. 
Santa's Village of Madness was also made by Kay Gordon Murray using some leftover footage from the Santa Claus thing and some stuff that they shot um, at uh, Santa's Village, an old amusement park chain where there were like three of them. Uh, that's actually going to be going on our patron pool this week in place of Santa Claus that we got here. And uh, so that will be up along with Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny and Jack Frost for you to vote on starting on Thanksgiving. Uh, so, yeah, Santa Claus. It's a it's a great, wacky, and kind of terrifying film. Yeah. Um, but I love it. I You know, I I still watch... I watch both versions of this. This is this is one of those things where people were kind of like, eh, they're redoing one that they already did on Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, I hate that. But it's it's completely different. Like all the jokes are new. You get the full version of the movie. You get another great at your fingertips short, uh, sugar and spice before this one, which uh, is about kids eating, you know, just straight up sugar after they've molded it into different shapes and stuff like that. But I. I still watch the MST version and this version because they're both, they both work independent of each other very well. Yeah. It's God guys. It's a great show. The whole, the whole thing. And plus it's a live show. So you get that energy that the live shows have. It's really a great way to wrap up your Thanksgiving day. You know, after the Turkey, after the trip, the fan starts wearing off and you start setting up your tree. Like a lot of people do on Thanksgiving night. And you can turn this on in the background with your, you know, uh, you guys are, are decorating for the Christmas season and just have a grand old time with your family. And that is actually going to wrap us up today. You know, check out any number of the, uh, of the movies that we discussed on our Thanksgiving watch list, which were Legion. Yes. You can set up, the watch list through rifttracks.com to include all of these riffs and then just play it Chromecast it to your TV or however you have it hooked up and just let it run. Enjoy the day. Have some fun with your family. Laugh at bad movies along with Mike, Kevin, Bill, Mary, Joe, Bridget, and, uh, and all the other wonderful people from Rift Tracks that worked on this. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, at pbandawesome. If you want to send me an email, you can get a hold of me at jeremy at trueblueriffcast.com. Or you can follow the podcast on Twitter at tbriffcast. And if you head over to patreon.com slash trueblueriffcast, you can throw us a couple dollars a month and, and become some supporters and actually have a say in what we talk about in future episodes. And me, I'm Dave, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. Check me out on the web at sugarraydodge.com. Send me emails at dave at trueblueriffcast.com. We'll see you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! Woo! Put on the Yule log. Yeah.